Welcome back, guys. You're listening to the Next Gen Podcast, and I'm your host, Brooks Huber, joined alongside by the talented Andrew Christensen. It's been a while since we've done one of these episodes. Andrew, how have you been in that meantime? I'm fired up. I'm ready to be back, talk some football. It's been a long couple last weeks. Um, as everyone knows, finals are coming up, whether you're in high school, college, whatever it is. Google grind time it is and i also have been sick as you guys probably heard in the past episodes so i'm fighting through both those battles right now but hey we're here and we're ready aren't we for sure for sure a lot of stuff happened in week 13 we talked about the past few weeks too so if you guys are not aware andrew is a vikings fan and i am a cowboys fan and we have had some bitter losses cowboys losing to vegas who I am not big fans of. You guys know us listening to the podcast. I am one of the biggest Las Vegas Raiders haters. And then the Vikings losing to the winless Lions. How about that? Honestly, I don't even care at this point because if you watch the Vikings games, you know that we have a top 10 talented team for sure. It's the play calling. I've said it over and over again. We have the softest play calling and that showed against the Lions we blitzed once on that final drive. And the one time we did blitz, we should have had an interception. But besides that, we played soft defense and we said, Jared Goff, here's your first win. That was his first win, not of just the season, but without Sean McVay. Because he was Owen whatever with Jeff Fisher. And now he's he was Owen whatever for Dan Campbell. But now that's his first win without Sean McVay. Is Jared Goff a bust? I think we can label him as oh, that. If you take for away Sean sure. McVay. I mean, yeah. Here's the thing. You watch Jared Goff play. He does nothing flashy. He honestly doesn't do – his passing ability is on the bottom half of the league for sure. I do feel for him because his weapons besides TJ Hawkinson, he has some brutal weapons out there. And that's why DeAndre Swift, when healthy, gets about 15 receptions a game. So, Yeah. Now, let's now just highlight some Week 13 scores. Obviously, you have what we all expected, the Rams being up on the Jaguars, the Chiefs being the Broncos. But there's been some crazy ones thrown in the mix. A lot of people liked the Bengals at home over the L.A. Chargers, but the Chargers pounded them 41-22. What's your outlook on that game? And I guess for next week now, the Chargers are looking to be without Mike Evans and – or what? No, sorry. Mike Williams – and uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. either way, you look at the Bengals. So in the previous games, they were they were a hot team coming into this. They obviously had scorched the Lions before that. They had a couple other games, too, where they were just hot. They're coming into it. And then the Chargers just took it to them. So it was surprising that a team with the Bengals, especially how they were playing, ended up getting beat that bad. Yeah. And now the Chargers are going to be without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for next week's contest versus, I think, Jake Fromm uh, and the Giants. So we'll see what happens there. But I think we should also talk a little bit about the Monday night game between the Patriots and the Bills. That was a crazy game where Matt Jones only threw three passes for 19 yards all game. What's your outlook on that? Because the win was a huge factor in the whole thing. I'm, like, trying to come up with something to compare it because – it's like one of those things where it was not super fun to watch because it was so low scoring. I think Mac Jones attempted three passes. So 
it was just one of those games where you almost like didn't want to watch but at the same time it was so intriguing to see like the play calling and everything because of the weather so i actually enjoyed it just because it was interesting to see like what the teams could come up with yeah i put out a poll in my story i'm like hey i have nick folk here uh you see there's like 50 mile an hour wind do i bench him or not and you guys came through and said don't bench him he gave me seven points i was happy with that but i think Right now, so the Patriots won. They're going to be sitting on, on top of the AFC East by what, two games now, right? And they, Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. So they're at 9-4 and four and Bills are at 7-5. and five, So And now, so with this game, though, which this is what I love about Bill Belichick, their game plan is nothing special. When you're on the ball 47 times, you're bound to get yardage. And I think actually the Bills did a good enough job stopping that. But that's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on for the next matchup because – they got to see a lot of what Josh Allen was going to do throwing the football because they cannot muster up a run game. But the Bills were not able to see a lot of what Mac Jones could do. And I think Mac Jones' game plan is going to be a huge part in the Week 16 matchup. And, I think that's a difference maker. And I want to add something in because listeners probably don't know that the New England Patriots Patriots are 6-0 and away right now. So they are undefeated 6-0 and when traveling to other team stadiums, which is insane, especially with the crowds being back this year. So that just proves the brilliance of Bill Belichick. And that also, like, kudos to, to Mac Jones for playing the way he is. Yeah, Mac Jones joined likes of Big Ben and Dak Prescott to be the only quarterbacks in NFL history to have 6-0 on the road on their rookie season. So that's great stuff that Mac Jones is doing. He definitely proved me wrong. We all knew that he was going to be the most pro-ready quarterback heading into the draft, but I don't think we were expecting anything like this. No, for sure. And here's the thing. Did he win the game at Buffalo? No. But prior to that, he was on fire. He was scorching defenses. So like you said, he is playing, definitely exceeding expectations. But enough with the Patriots because they've had they've been talked about too much in the past. we got to move on to a different team. Yeah, let's just now. So we got to tell you what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be ranking the top three teams in the AFC and AFC. You guys like that. Obviously, we'll be doing booking it with Brooks. Obviously, bold takes and then our locks and upsets for week 14. Do you want Which one do you want to start off with right now? Well, I think we got to touch on the standings, right? So we talked a little bit about the AFC, but I'm curious to hear who your top teams are in the NFC. NFC? Okay, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. So... Right now, as it stands, Aaron Rodgers is playing some of his best football right now. I think he's playing better than his MVP self, and I think he could rival for another MVP trophy this year. I have the Packers at one just because of how well they're playing. Uh, Now, Cardinals are going to be at two for me. I think they're also playing well. I just don't see them playing as well as the Packers right now. You got to look at it. They were had like three, four games without – Kyler Murray, and they still only lost one game there. So they're a crazy good team. And they had the Bucks at three. They haven't been always the most consistent team, but with Tom Brady playing and the way he is, they're very hard to beat. Yeah, and here's the hard thing. So the reason I'm I'm going to go with the Bucks at number one, and the reason is because we were in the same scenario last year where the Bucks had a few bad games in a row, and people were looking at them like, it's over. Tom Brady, he shouldn't have left the Patriots. They have no shot. Well, guess what? They won the Super Bowl, if you didn't hear. So that's why I have the Bucks at one. I think they're going to figure things out. And they're still 9-3, and three, which is a great record. A number two, I have the Packers. As a Vikings lover, it's, it's tough to put the Packers up there. But Aaron Rodgers is playing good. But even more, their defense has really stepped up. 
And then number three, the 10 and two team, you have to put the Cardinals just because they're at the top of the NFL record wise right now. Agreed, agreed. Now the Cardinals, they're, they're so crazy this year. They have Cole McCoy and they balled out with him. James Conner is playing amazing. I think James Conner is playing better than a handful of running backs this year, which is a surprise to many people. And they are seven and oh away. So you talked about the Patriots being six and oh. The Cardinals have won every single away game. There's seven wins on the road. Exactly. Do you want to highlight your AFC teams while I'm looking up some stats to back up my arguments? <laughs> I guess. I guess we can. So here's the hard thing. Like deep down, I don't feel like the Patriots are that good. And and when I say that good, like I don't see them as a top two team. I just don't see him finishing that way, which is sad, but I have to go with number one. I have to put the Kansas city chiefs. I know they haven't looked good. Sometimes Patrick Mahomes is kind of forcing some passes here and there, but I just think the chiefs will pull through in the end. Number two, I will put the Patriots just because they're nine and four. They're playing incredible defense. Uh, Mac Jones does enough to get it done. And their defense has just been playing really, really well out there. And then number three, like you can go with a lot of teams right now at number three. I don't think the Ravens, I think they have some weaknesses there. The Bills have obviously showed some weaknesses. But in the end, I have to put Lamar Jackson up at three. I think he can, if he gets hot, the Ravens can really make a playoff push. That's why I have him there. All right. Well, I think we have a lot of similar picks here for the AFC. And I do have a different three. So I'm going to start off with number one. I am going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs because right now, you look at their last four games, they held the Packers and Jordan Love, mind you, to seven points. They've held the Raiders to 14, Cowboys to nine, and Broncos to nine. That is a top five defense if I've ever seen one. They definitely turned their defense around since the beginning of the season. A kudos to Steve Spagnola for that. And their offense is also playing well. It's not as well as it was in the beginning of the season, but I still think they're one more dangerous team with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Number two, again, like you said, we have to give credit to Mac Jones and the Patriots. Their yep. scheme on offense with their run game and Mac Jones have, playing out of his mind is just – they're winning, and that's all you can say about it. Their defense is playing great Matthew Judon. While I don't like him for not liking mac and cheese, you got to respect his talent on the field. And I think J.C. Jackson is developing into a top-five corner in this league. Number three, though, can you guess who it is? I'm going to go – I don't know. You have to tell us. I have no clue, to be honest. All right. Well, number three, this is the best, the third best team right now. Record-wise, it may not show it, but it is the Indianapolis Colts. I think the past how, – how many weeks has John Taylor touched them? Dude, time out. I wanted to say that so bad, but I felt like you were going to roast me on live podcasts, so I didn't. But I totally agree because Jonathan Taylor is scorching hot, and they have a good enough defense to get it done. Yeah, because I, mean, I was looking at this. I'm like, okay, well, the Bills, they're 7-5. and five. They have a lot of weaknesses. They lost to Davis White. Do I go with them? Uh, and then I looked at the Ravens. Lamar Jackson has been playing absolutely terrible. He's been terrible. playing terrible. Yeah. Terrible. And they also lost Marlon Humphrey, their top cornerback, out for the year. So I'm looking at all these things, all these factors. The Chargers, well, they're too inconsistent. Bengals, same problem. Steelers, they have big bet quarterback. Well, who's the perfect team right now? Jonathan Taylor, and I think if they can make playoffs because they have a tough schedule ahead of them, they are going to be a force to reckon with. 
And I can definitely what, see them in the AFC Championship game. What if Derrick Henry gets back, though? I mean, have they technically ruled him out for the whole season? No, he will. He might come back later in the year. I just don't like the Titans right now. Because this is right now. This is right now talking. Yeah. No, I, I don't like that. them. I They're all that. banged up. And yeah. Either How way. Jonathan Taylor had a touchdown. It's, it's been a ton. It's yeah, I don't I don't want to talk about it because in my keeper league I had Zeke, Kamara, and Jonathan Taylor, and I went with Kamara and Zeke, so I'm shedding it to you. <laughs> but either way, we laid it out well. We have to get to the listener's favorite segment, booking it with Brooks. Don't you agree? Yeah, so I, I made these yesterday. I kind of forgot what's on here. So this is gonna be a nice refresher for me as well. So if the listeners don't know what you should know by now. Booking it with Brooks, I will give Brooks five different takes. He has to say if he's booking it or not. If he's booking it, that means he agrees. So let's hop right in. Jonathan Taylor will be a top three pick in fantasy next year. That is weak. Let's say he will be the number one pick. Number one pick? Yeah. Top three is too weak, man. I can't give you that. All right, all right, all right. I would say... I don't think he's going to be the unanimous number one pick. I don't think he will. However, if I'm drafting, I am taking him number one because he I, has one of the best or the best O-line football. He is the hard runner, and he gets the opportunities, which you want in fantasy. And, well, you look at Derrick Henry. Has he been consistent? Heck, yeah. Will they give him less carries because he broke his foot this year? Maybe. We always think maybe they'll give him less carries every single year, but it never really happens, but it could. And obviously, Christian McCaffrey has high upside, but his injury risk is just too high. Yeah, I think I think he's going to go number one pick in well over 50% of the leagues just because of everything you outlined. And also, he's involved in the passing game, which is one thing that Derrick Henry still hasn't really developed. So second one is the Vikings will miss the playoffs this year. Don't break my heart here, Brooks. I'm sorry. I have to do this though. I'm, I'm looking at them right now. They're five and seven. They have a tough schedule ahead of them. It's a must win versus the Steelers on Thursday night. I'm going to say sadly, they're going to miss it. They're yeah. the loss of the Lions was kind of a dagger in their playoff dreams. And you look at Washington. I think their next five opponents are all NFC East teams. If they can go three and two, that's a playoff team. The uh, sorry, the 49ers, they're playing great too. I think they'll get a spot. And obviously you have, you have the Rams who are playing meh, but they'll still find a way to get their spot. You kind of shook your head there when I said 49ers. Who do you think would take their spot? I don't know. I think the hard thing for me is I do think the Vikings are a way better team than the 49ers. Um, but but like you said, you obviously, I think the, the Washington, just because their schedule is going to make it. And then what are the Saints sitting at? Are they? Well, they're not looking great. Five and seven. Five right and seven. They have the Jets coming up. Taysom Hill has a mallet finger. I have no idea what that yeah. is. But. Here's, the, here's the thing. I, I haven't looked at the 49ers schedule, but just knowing that they probably have some more divisional games coming up, it's going to be tough for them to close it out. So if the Vikings have any hope, it's that the 49ers are probably destined to lose a few here. Well, I think 9-8 and eight will get you into the playoffs this year. And for the Vikings, they're 5-7 and seven right now. They would have to... They play the Steelers, Rams, and yeah, Packers still not on their schedule. They got to at least win two of those games if they want a chance. And you know they're going to go down to the wire in each one of those games. 
I'm looking at the 49ers schedule right now. Yeah, I just pulled it up too. It's pretty cake. Yeah. It, it's kind of they have the they have the Texans, the beat up Titans, the Falcons. They can beat the Bengals, and they could give the Rams a run for their money because wait, what's like the record with the 49ers versus the Rams in the last like three years? Did, I have, have no clue. Run? I have no clue. I, I don't know why you're throwing that on me there, man. What the heck? Well, I'm going to look that up while you introduce the next one. All right. We got to get cooking through these here. So moving fast, are you booking it that three teams from the AFC North will make the playoffs? No, I'm not going to book it. And here's why. I'm looking at this. The Ravens, they will most likely make it. You have the Bengals. They're looking to make it. Right now, the AFC wild card is just so competitive. I've said this before. I think maybe on last episode or no, we didn't get to airing it, but I did say last week that I don't think the Browns are going to make the playoffs and it's a must win game this week. I don't think they're going to do it versus the Ravens. And I'm not, I'm not too big of a fan of the Steelers right now either. Yeah, I agree with that. It's sad how the Browns kind of dropped off the grid, but anyways, keeping in the AFC, are you booking it that the Patriots will finish with the number one seed in the AFC, which where they are at currently? Sorry, Patriots fans. I, I don't see it happening. I feel like they're playing their best football right now. And unfortunately, you want to be playing that in January. However, I do think they'll finish top two or top three. I honestly think, though, that the Chiefs will come and take the one seed at the last second. Earlier in the season, people were saying, will the Chiefs even make the playoffs? Well, that was a stupid question to ask because you know you know they were going to turn it around. And they, that's what they've been doing right now. And I think they're going to sneak up on a lot of teams because they're what, like the three or four seed right now. I think they'll take control of the one. Yeah. And then lastly, I know why you put this on here, but when given the same opportunity, who is better Najee Harris or Javante Williams? You already know the answer to this question. Javante Williams all day, every day. I've been hyping this guy up ever since the Broncos drafted him. I've been wanting to interview with him for forever. He's been ghosting me nonstop. I've literally taken him on my story about countless times since the draft, and he's seen it every single time, but he hasn't responded to any of my DMs. Tough, tough. That's very tough, but we do have his agency's email if Andrew will ever get along to sending that email. And I'm, I'm going to say yes, because you look at this, he had, what, 170 total yards versus the Chiefs defense has been playing very well as of late. I think that's a high for both running backs. Because I don't think Najee Harris has topped that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I'm not all on this Watte Williams train. And I think when Melvin Gordon leaves in free agency in 2022, it will be the Javante Williams show. And I'm curious, what's the highest you'll draft Javante with in fantasy? Are you guaranteeing that Melvin's gone? Melvin's gone. It's just him and Mike Boone. Melvin's gone. He's a top seven pick. I'd I'd pick him at seven. I do think I do think I do think if Melvin Gordon is gone, they will sign another capable running back because I think they like the committee. So that's the only thing that worries me. Okay. But we you, gotta no I just want to talk about one thing before we go to locks and upsets. You're saying top seven round? I'm taking him late second, early third. If he gets no, the no, 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 time out, time out. I would, if Melvin is gone, I would take him. I could see him when pick. I pick, yes. Okay. Yes, okay. you got that way wrong. I could, I could, no. honestly, if Melvin is gone, he could potentially be like the Clyde Edwards Hilaire. 
You remember when Clyde was don't like drafted as a top? Don't say that. Don't say that. No, no, no. Ew. He was drafted. Stop. <laughs> Let me finish. Clyde was drafted, I think, like from pick six to eight in fantasy leagues that one year as a rookie, and we didn't even see him play. So now that we've seen Javante Williams play, if Melvin Gordon is gone, he's definitely going to be a top. He could be, or he will be a first round pick if Melvin's gone. I, I like that. Now, I was kind of airing on the side of caution. You know, second round, I would think late second round, early third round, that would be a steal for me. But I think he's going to be like the, he's going to be drafted as high as Antonio Gibson's other running, second year running backs were. And I can definitely see late first, early second, and somewhere in that range. I totally agree. We have to move on. I'm going to buzz through my locks here because obviously they're all going to be right. So we have the Titans over the Jags. I have the Chiefs over the Raiders. And lastly, I'm going with the Chargers over the Jake Fromm Giants. You're not a fan of Jake Fromm State Farm? (laughs) Absolutely not. I mean, I hope he goes out there and scorches. That would be hilarious. That'd be a nice storyline. But they'll finally find their franchise quarterback because Daniel donations ain't it. Honestly, Jake Fromm over under will throw more than two interceptions. Duh. I, I would say three, but, but Mike Lennon might go the concussion protocol. He might That's be. true. So I want to see, with, I want to see from me though. That would be fun. Yeah, to watch. Uh, I'm going to go with chargers over the giants, Packers over the bears and saints over the jets. I feel like these are all pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still owns the bears. Chargers are playing Jake from, and uh, it's Taysom Hill versus the jets. Cool. Now the jets could be one of those sneaky teams that just, Sneaks one up on the Jets, but I think with Kamara coming back, it's not possible. Yeah, I agree. I hope Kamara's back as well, but I'm going to let you go first on the upsets because I think I have a pretty good transition to bold takes to end it. All right. So you know how we kind of do like the cheesy one half point spread for some of these upsets? Well, I only did one cheesy two and a half point spread. I want one real underdog. I have the Jags over the Titans upsetting Love this it. week. We saw how bad the Titans were without A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry versus the Patriots. They got absolutely crushed. I think the Jaguars take advantage of the lack of depth Tennessee has. And I think Urban Meyer gets one of his signature wins. And he goes to a bar to celebrate after. <laughs> <laughs> Clip that. Clip that, please. What time is that? Is it 22-ish? Yeah, yeah we're clipping that for sure. All right, is it my turn to give the upsets? Oh, yeah, yeah, then I'll give another one. Okay, well, my first one is, it doesn't seem like an upset, but I have the 49ers over the Bengals. I think the 49ers have been playing well. If they have to come out and win, this is one of those games, like you said, they're fighting for one of those final two wild card spots. Aren't the 49ers uh, favored in this game? The Bengals, when I looked, have are favored by one and a half. So okay, well, I mean, either way, I, I would say the 49ers are because the Bengals are, are at home too. Here. Yeah, I, I would say 49ers are underdogs. All right, for my next one, I'm gonna go Falcons over the Panthers. So it looks like Cam Newton wasn't actually back. Uh, we kind of I called it a little bit too prematurely. That's on me, but I think Cordero Patterson gets it done versus the Falcons. Russell Gage has another nice fantasy performance. And yeah. with the Panthers, without Christian McCaffrey, with Cam Noon, we don't know which Cam Noon's going to show up. I think the Falcons are going to take full advantage of it. And it's going to be a nice win for a Falcons team who's looking to get back into that playoff push. 
Yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn, Brooks, here, but I did call the Cam Newton bust. You had him going a little higher. But anyways, did you guys see that clip I reposted where when he screamed, I'm back, they made a I'm meme back. that says, I'm <laughs> bad, <laughs> or I'm trashed. Oh, yeah. I see both of those. Those are hilarious. But anyways, my last upset is a good transition to my bold take because I am picking the Rams over the 10 and two Cardinals. And not only am I picking them to upset, my bold take is that the Rams will win by at least 10. Wow. And that's, that's in Arizona. Now I've been yep. trying to convince my dad to, cause I live in Arizona for anybody that doesn't get know. some tickets. Man. I've been trying to convince my dad to give me some nosebleed seats there. So we, I might be there. I might not be. You'll see down the stories. If I am, might do some pregame Q and a, but I, I just think the Cardinals are too good right now with how they're playing and how Stafford hasn't been able to beat the big teams except for the Bucks. You got this destroyed by the Packers and the, the Titans and then the Cardinals early on in the season. I like that, though. For my first bowl take, I'm going to go Dak Prescott has over 350 passing yards and three touchdowns. You look at it this way, Dak is 7-1 versus Washington in his career. He is the owner. It's not Dan Schneider. It's Dak Prescott, and we all know this. I think Dak Prescott's going to have a good game because Zeke's not healthy. And they, uh, the, the Washington football team always finds a way to slow down Zeke, and I think that will just open up Dak Prescott. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't take much to slow down Zeke right now because it's just sad. Like, I don't know why they don't sit him because he's just hobbling out there. You can tell he's in pain. Yeah, Oh, it's so frustrating as a Zeke fantasy owner because everyone's like, oh, if you have Zeke, don't you want him to play? No, because I have Pollard. So I that's one of the, better. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who to start this week. It's going to be a coin flip because well, Zeke's going to definitely start Pollard. I just, just but, but Pollard's only, it, believe it or not, he's only getting like 40% of snaps. So Zeke is out there just as much and Zeke gets every single carry inside the five. So Pollard Pollard's chance of getting a touchdown, which he's done over and over again, is a big play. So that's my dilemma. But I have to move on to my next bold take, which revolves around my beloved Vikings. I think Alexander Madison will rush for over 100 yards and a touchdown against the Steelers. Tough run defense. I think he comes out and shows that he can be an RB1 in the league. See, I'm playing against Madison, so I don't like that. But I do think the Vikings will probably win. I, I would have them as an upset they pick. Better. They will be airing after, or well, it'll be airing before. But yeah, anyways, I'm gonna say Allen and Brady combined for 800 total yards in the shootout between the Bills and the Bucks. I don't have a winner yet. I think it will probably be the Bucks, just how they're playing. It's at home, I believe. So I'm gonna say I think that's pretty bold though. 400 total yards each, four touchdowns each. Yeah, it I'll accept a pretty it. big shootout. I'll accept it. All right, well, with my last one, it's not an exciting team, but it's an exciting player, Mr. Elijah Moore himself. With Corey Davis out, I oh, have I Elijah I have him going Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore for over 100 yards and two touchdowns. This is partially because he's on my fantasy team, so it's something for me to hope for. Well, this next one's on my fantasy team. I think Chubb gets back on track with 130 rushing yards this week and two touchdowns versus the Ravens. Last time they played the Ravens was Sunday night game. It was a sloppy game. He only had 16 rushing yards. That was brutal. I 
did not like seeing him on my fantasy team, threatened to cut him. I think he's going to hear that message loud and clear, and he is going to head into this game with a full head of steam. He's going to have one of his signature Nick Chubb runs for a long play, like he always does. And the, the Browns can win their favorites for some reason, but I still think the Ravens will win. All right. So before we end it, I know you guys are all dying to know what the next gen fantasy league update is. Well, as we usual, Brooks, we don't need everyone. No, everyone is dying to know. I've been getting comments and DMs about this. So Brooks, as you guys know, is he said he's a good fantasy manager, but didn't even manage to make his own league's playoffs. Like we need we need one of those wah one of those sound effects for you there. But anyways, your boy, Andrew just made it through the first round. We're entering in the second round. I think I'm going to take the dub this year, but you guys will have to wait and see. Now here's my dilemma with my team. I drafted Jameis Winston torn ACL. I drafted Gus Edwards literally the day after torn ACL. Uh, I've been a sucker for injuries in every single one of my leagues this year. And now, and Oh yeah. Calvin Ridley also personal reasons. He's been out. However, I've been finessing trades. I traded Tyler Lockett for Amari Cooper and Aaron Jones earlier in the year. And then I flipped Aaron Jones for Jonathan Taylor somehow to, with a Packers fan. So my team's been good. It just hasn't been healthy, which is why I didn't make playoffs, sadly. Uh, that's going to conclude the Next Gen Podcast. We're so great to have you guys listening. And we'll be back next week. Make sure you guys go follow the Instagram, obviously. And we have some fun things in the mix, don't we? Oh, we do. You guys have to stay tuned. We have a lot going on in next gen. There's a lot of exciting stuff. The future's bright. So take along with us. We love you guys. All right. See you guys. Peace out. See you.